This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 366. Recent reports indicate that as much as 33% of the world's population is lonely. While COVID certainly exasperated those feelings of loneliness and isolation, there is evidence that that pattern of loneliness was evident predating COVID. Then the recent release of the U.S. Surgeon General's advisory on our epidemic of loneliness and isolation highlighted that one in two adults is struggling with measurable levels of loneliness. And the numbers are actually much higher among our kids. So how does loneliness affect us? And how can the coaching partnership help in turning the tides? That's what we explore in this episode of the Star Coach Show. Is your client lonely? Hello and welcome to the show. It's fabulous to have you here. As this year is coming to a close, I know that in our household, everything speeds up, really from Halloween forward. As I record this, on this very day, I am celebrating my son, Daniel. My life changed for the better 29 years ago today when I became a mom for the very first time. You know, I have had so many blessings in my life, but none are as amazing and as transformative as becoming a mom. So I want to wish Daniel a happy birthday today and and blessings always. And so as I was saying, like in my household, it's Halloween and then Daniel's birthday and then Thanksgiving and then Luke's birthday and then Christmas and then New Year's. It's a wild ride. And luckily, I feel filled with adventure and discovery and joy and love. And the reality is that's not the case for everyone. This time of the year sometimes brings up different things for different people. And I know from my years as a therapist, this can be a really hard time of the year for people. And and when I was a therapist, I would often be working with people around depression and anxiety and loneliness this time of the year. Well, that's not exclusive to therapists. As coaches, as leaders, we hear from people this time of the year who are struggling with different things. So when I heard the U.S. Surgeon General talking about the study recently released on the loneliness epidemic here in the United States, and then I researched and saw that this is really something that's happening globally, I thought this is probably a good time of a year to do a show because this pressing issue affects millions of people around the globe. It has a profound impact on individuals and society as a whole. So let's talk about what loneliness looks like how we can use our conversations and our relationships to help counter this epidemic that's around the world. And maybe we start with what's led to the increased patterns of loneliness 
around the globe. So we can kind of be in a place of, well, Meg, you know, it's it's COVID. Of course, COVID increased loneliness. And you're right. That certainly was like fuel on the fire. But there is evidence to show that this intense loneliness was really pre-pandemic. And there's lots of reasons for that. So let's you know, the our modern lifestyles have lots of good, lots of exciting things that we do and opportunities that open up in these modern lifestyles. The rise of technology has brought lots of gifts. The ride of, rise of social media gives us many opportunities. They also ironically have made us more disconnected than ever. So maybe we have hundreds of online friends or connections And yet, how many do we really feel like we are connected at a deep level? Historically, I mean, really historic, people tended to live very close to their families and and were usually connected in communities of like-minded individuals who shared values. That doesn't mean there wasn't conflict, but there was communities. Often we were connected in faith communities and cultural communities, maybe in recreational leagues, community organizations, all things that sort of encouraged connection and understanding and a feeling of togetherness. Now, people tend to move globally because opportunities are opening up. We moved as a, we, Dan and I moved um, as an early married couple. We'd only been married three years when we moved from Michigan to Texas. And at that time when we moved, I knew that it, well, and I kind of went kicking and screaming. I wasn't a, a great wife about that move. We moved because it was an opportunity that Dan's company said, you know, you either move or you find another job. But I knew that I wanted my kids, we didn't have kids yet at the time. I wanted my kids to be close to family. I wanted them to know their cousins. Uh, Yet this opportunity opened up and we knew that we needed to take advantage of it. So we moved to Texas many, many years ago. We had our children here in Texas. So I, they didn't really, my kids have over 30 first cousins and really didn't get to grow up with their first cousins. They grew up here in Texas. Luckily, we made connections here. We made great friends. They have uh, a couple couples that they call aunt and uncle that really aren't their biological aunts and uncles, but they just knew them when we're so connected to them. But I will say that if you think about people moving hundreds, thousands of miles away from family, that can lead to a sense of loneliness or disconnection if, in fact, you aren't able to connect with or make those relationships in your new areas. In addition to that, we live really fast-paced lives that often leave time. They take away time. There isn't time for that increased connection, and we can feel 
isolated and apart from people because there isn't that genuine human interaction. We're rushing from one task to another and one thing to another, and that can create more distance between us, more barriers in true connection and feeling like people understand us and are listening to us. So it can be it can be difficult and now we're working remotely. Now, as with everything that I'm going to share today, there's the pros and the cons to it, right? The bright side and the shadow side. So there is a lot of benefit working remotely. People are enjoying working remotely. They have more time with family, if with their nuclear families. They if they have a nuclear family, but if in fact you're a single person who is working remotely out of your apartment, you might feel, or out of your home, you might feel less connected to other people. I know as the mom of two 20-something children, we know one is 29, we just discussed that, but um, they have pretty much been in a place where I know for my youngest, for Luke, he has worked remotely his entire career. He's 26 years old and graduated from college during the pandemic and has really, his entire adult life has worked remotely from his home. And his, you know, his connection to others has been through his great social connections. But he has said to me, mom, I think it would be nice sometimes to like have to go into the office and work with people and have those water cooler moments. The other side of that is that younger generation has been able to use social connection. My Both of my children tend to connect with their friends online. They do gaming online. They have great conversations and connection. And yet, so if we look at older generations, they might be feeling more challenged to be able to connect online and to do some of those social things online that younger generations do. So those older generations that might have been used to going into the office and connecting with people that way may be more challenged now in this remote environment uh, being able to connect. Now we're all up in the topsy-turvy because sometimes now people are being asked to come back into the workplace. Others aren't. So all of these things can conceivably lead to an increased likelihood of loneliness and disconnection. And then There's the, once again, the bright side and the shadow side of all the convenience that we have. We've become the beneficiaries of this extraordinary element of time-saving technology. We get packages delivered. We get food delivered. We get all sorts of convenience that we don't have to go out to the retail store to pick things up. We get them delivered. We don't go to the grocery store. We get our groceries delivered. Well, what that what happens when everything comes to us is that we're not connecting with the checkout person at the store. We're not seeing neighbors in the grocery store. And so 
part of that convenience has the shadow side of being more and more isolated. Even going to the movies, when we were younger and um, certainly pre-COVID, one of my very favorite things to do was to go to the movie theater. I love going to the movie theater, getting popcorn, getting a drink, sitting in that big theater in front of that big screen and watching the adventure. Well, now more and more, we stay home. I know that I've talked to other people who tend to stay home and we've gotten out of the practice of going out, connecting, rubbing elbows with the stranger next to us, and maybe even, you know, sharing what you think of the movie, what was going that connection. When we get everything in our homes, that can lead to this, 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 element, this this uh, pandemic of loneliness. So what are the costs of loneliness? And this is where I want to lean into today the reason that Dr. Vivek Murphy, who is the U.S. Surgeon General, asked for or issued the advisory on loneliness. And this is what he said. He said, loneliness is much more than a bad feeling. It is a public health issue that has both immediate and long-term effects on our well-being. His reasons for issuing the advisory was for two things. First of all, he wanted to normalize it. He wanted to let people know that many people are suffering in silence by themselves. And when we can recognize that this is really a collective struggle we're going through, that can create just a different lens that we look through. And the second thing he wanted us to know is that loneliness is a consequence to our overall health and well-being. It's not just our individual health, it is the health of our society. So when we experience loneliness, it impacts our health and well-being, our hearts, our illnesses, all of those are impacted by loneliness. And society is impacted by loneliness because we know from research and history that when our communities are more connected, they tend to be more economically prosperous. They tend to have lower rates of violence And they tend to be more resilient in the face of adversity. Things like tornadoes and hurricanes and floods. People bounce back when they're, they bounce back better when they're more connected. So loneliness has quite a cost And it makes it important to address and why I want to bring it forward in this episode. So we know that the impact of loneliness reaches beyond each of us individually. It is far reaching individually when we feel disconnected, when we feel isolated, our chances of depression increase, anxiety increase. And unfortunately, things like suicide go up, as well as, like I said, the chances of our physical illness 
heart disease, dementia, premature death, all those things go up. Now, as coaches, one of the things that we also want to be aware of when we wonder, is our client lonely, is our levels of stress increase when we're lonely. So when we're stressed, we have a harder time being solution-focused, being creative, connecting and talking with others about what we're going to do to work through whatever organizational situation is in front of us or whatever the crisis de jour is. We see differences more than similarities when we're isolated and feel lonely. We collaborate less, communicate less, and therefore our levers, levels of cooperation go down. So what do we what do we know about people is that they might not be in a place of labeling themselves as lonely. And if they don't label themselves as lonely, how do we know if somebody really is lonely? They might not say, I feel lonely or I'm isolated, but here's some things that you can listen for. People might talk about feeling discontent, feeling sad. Maybe you'll hear something like, I just feel empty or uncomfortable. I'm not connecting with the people around me. Those are all things that could indicate to you loneliness. Maybe your clients indicate to you that they feel left out. They don't feel like they are able to understand or really hear what people around them are saying. They might feel a longing for deeper meaning. They might actually say they long to connect with others. A key part of loneliness that once again, isn't necessarily going to be offered as loneliness is that our clients aren't feeling heard or understood. Maybe they feel alone even in a meeting of people or in a group of people. Another element could be that they're feeling more irritable or annoyed because they just don't feel like they can connect. Well, the truth is we know that people crave connection. It's part of our DNA. It's part of being a social creature. And this is the other key thing that we know to be true for our clients. We want to be seen and to be heard. And I mean, really being seen, not just like, yeah, you're standing there, but when we're lonely, it leads to feeling invisible unimportant, forgotten. And since people crave connection and want to be seen and heard, that's the gift that coaching can so clearly reach. As coaches, we want to invite people by asking those questions that allow them to explore what's going on with them. We use reflection to check understanding and make sure that people feel seen, heard, and understood. And we invite them to share if, no, you didn't get it right. It's not that exactly, it's this. And yet, even with that, even with those imperfect reflections 
or asking a question that doesn't hit exactly, it still allows people to feel relevant, to be seen and heard. So this is not about perfection. Leaders, coaches, you don't have to be perfect in the way that you're engaging. It is about being interested and giving space, using silence to let the other person really think through their thoughts and being there to receive what it is that they want to share. So invite through your questions, through your curiosity, reflect back what you hear and check for understanding. Your eyes and ears can make all the difference in someone feeling connected, genuinely, authentically connected with another person. It can help them build their esteem and their confidence and change that loneliness gap that's in their life. I encourage you to be the bridge between where people are in their loneliness, acknowledge that they're not alone, that this loneliness epidemic is global. And maybe they didn't recognize it as loneliness, yet as they can reach out, connect, and be a part of community, they can make all the difference. So that's what you can do as a coach. What if you're working with a leader and the leader wants to know what can they do to help notice and engage with others? First of all, how are they helping their team connect even if they are are a remote team? What are they maybe doing to meet beyond their meetings, do they have the opportunity to invite people to lunches? My my son is in a remote team and his leader makes an effort to get the team together for lunch once a month. Now, I get that sometimes teams are globally remote or beyond being you know, they're regionally, they might not be able to, his team is able to kind of get together in Fort Worth, Texas once a month, which is great. And maybe not everybody can do that, but who in the area can get together? Or, you know, I run the Star Coach community. We are global, yet we get together. Yes, we get together on Zoom, but we get together and we share stories And we connect once a month in the social because we know that even though we're doing business building, other parts of the month, we're doing learning with expert guests, we are growing businesses and skills the rest of the month. It is important to create a place where we get together on a social aspect once a month. We just did it yesterday. We talked about what we're doing for the holidays. We shared stories. We laughed. We did lean in a little bit into AI and how are we ethically dealing with artificial intelligence in our content. We 
but we rubbed elbows. We connected even though it was virtually. We set the stage that we were going to do once a month. Our social engagement is just as important as our other engagement. That is an example of how leaders can encourage connection beyond work. How are they building rapport, maybe at the beginning of meetings? Are they reaching out and connecting with their people one-on-one? Another idea is that maybe a team member can do a little presentation about themselves once a month. So once a month, we have a different team member do a little presentation about who they are and what they enjoy and and maybe, you know, share a funny story about themselves. We want to be able to acknowledge that loneliness is a real thing, that as social beings, connection is absolutely key. And as coaches, we want to be that bridge. As leaders, we want to be that bridge between taking isolation and loneliness out of any place of shame or needing to be hidden, acknowledge it, normalize it, and then invite people into connection. So as we wrap up our show today, I want to thank you for being here, for exploring this very important element that is so real to all of us. Loneliness is a thing. When not paid attention to, it can escalate into things like depression, high anxiety, even suicide. But when we can acknowledge the realness of it, normalize our need for connection as human beings, we can do very different things with that. And coaches are in a great place to be able to counter the pandemic of loneliness. That's it for this week. I do want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Star Coach Show. I also encourage you to explore what the Star Coach community offers if you're interested in that at starcoachshow.com slash community. I invite you back next week when I am introducing you to Daniel Mangena. We're going to be talking about living a fulfilling, happy life, the concept of genuinely attracting things to us and how to just lean into a full, fulfilling, happy life. I thought it was a beautiful gift to give the day before Thanksgiving. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your success. Have a great week. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.